Hello and welcome to a Thursday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, it's a little too early in the morning, so my memory's not fully fired up yet. But I do believe, I think I said on the last episode, or maybe I'm confusing it with another one, but I think I said something along the lines of, expect a lot of fireworks. Creighton, they love to shoot. They're a high-powered offense. They love to fight fire with fire. They'll run you off the court with their high-speed offense. And then Nova, well, Crane's got a horrible three-point defense, so Nova should just be able to take off, and it's going to be fireworks from three-point range. Bombs left and right. It was anything but that on Wednesday. Yeah, way to go, Nostradamus. It was, uh, that was the exact opposite of that. That, was, um, that wasn't fun. <laughs> like, obviously, we're happy they won, but... But geez, that was just a brutal game up and down. And what is it with the college basketball or just sports lately? Every every team that we think that's going to be scoring a lot of points just isn't putting up a lot of points lately. I don't know what it is. Maybe that changes this Saturday with two high-powered offenses. But, man, th- this was the exact opposite of what we were expecting. Yeah, now going into Saturday, you got to think the hype is already super high. And if the game just doesn't deliver or come close to that or we see something similar to last night, I don't know. I don't know if that I would be satisfied with that. This was just not a pretty game to watch. You had Creighton slow the tempo down to Virginia-esque. Nova, who already runs a slower tempo and not so fast like last year. Anyway, so it just was a tough game to watch. Both teams just were missing threes. Creighton didn't take as many as they used to. And then you had Nova, who they had so many wide-open looks, more open than Georgetown, and they just couldn't knock them down. It was just so frustrating to watch. But on the bright side, like you said, you can't get too mad. You can't get too mad because right now, for the first time in program history, Nova is 10-0 in Big East play. It's the first time that anyone's done it since realignment, and it's the first time that anyone has done it since 99 UConn back in the day. So it's been 20 years, and for Villanova, in their case, this has never happened before. So this is pretty exciting. It was some good news and a good ending to a game that just was tough for everyone. Tough for the players, tough for the coaches. You had Jay get livid a few times. Greg McDermott got mad a few times. And then for us watching, too, it was a little frustrating. It was a little uneasy. We were sitting there thinking, like, come on, Marquette already messed up. We talked about how teams need to take care of business going into Saturday, do their homework. Marquette did not do it, and I was like, oh, come on. Nova can't be in the same boat. They're better than that. And fortunately, they were able to pull it out. Yeah, thankfully. I did not want both of these teams, Marquette and Villanova, to fall victim to the proverbial trap game uh, with this big matchup coming up Saturday. And glad Villanova was the one who was able to hold up its end of the bargain. Marquette just, they had their their opportunity against St. John's. That was, that was a fun game, but uh, wasn't meant to be, especially at the end. Marcus Howard had a chance to win. Didn't hit a shot. But glad Villanova was able to scrape out another victory and similar to the Georgetown game. But I'd, I'd say this performance from on the offensive end was a little bit worse than that Georgetown game. And they were, able, but this time they were able to dig deep and force overtime and were able to pull out the win and just pull away in overtime. It was a good dub. Yeah, it really was. It might not have been aesthetically pleasing. And that's kind of what I am totally alluding to when I say that this game was just rough. But when you look at what Villanova was able to accomplish, this was a game that. They were able to win in overtime, gut it out, 66 to 59. The threes weren't dropping again, and you'll have nights like that. Defensively, though, this is a Creighton team that we've raved about, top five 
in the country in terms of effective field goal percentage. We see the numbers that they put up on a daily, weekly basis, putting over well over 80 points per game. And when you were able to bring them in and you hold them to just 49 points in regulation, 59 overall for a game isn't bad, but 49 after regulation, that's pretty solid. I had no problem with the way that Villanova was playing defense. The defense was fantastic. It was yet another game where we saw the defense do a great job and keep Nova afloat while the offense was kind of struggling and you were waiting for them to start heating up again and start making those shots that you've seen them make so many, many times before. So you know that they can make them. And finally, once Villanova was able to make those plays, especially in overtime, shout outs to DCR, Demir Kazi-Roundtree. He had the play of the game, in my opinion. He had the turning point after that Colin Gillespie missed free throw coming in, snatching the offensive rebound and then slamming it home. Because after that, Nova went on that game-clinching run. But shout outs to the defense yet again. Two games now in a row. Back-to-back games where the defense has been able to pick up the offense after some poor shooting performances. You got to be pretty happy with that. I, I was... Really impressed by DCR, who was able to come on strong, had had a bit had that big rebound, like you said, off the Gillespie miss, but had some other key offensive rebounds thrown in there as well. Sadiq Bay had a bunch of offensive rebounds, especially in overtime, and he did lead the team with 17 points. You said to me off air that it didn't really feel like he did, and I kind of agree with that. I felt that he had a strong game, at least kept Villanova in it. And then towards the end, I was like, oh, wow, he's. I, if I had to pick a player of the game right now, it'd probably be him, but then he airballed the three, bricked a couple threes, and I was like, all right. And then he kind of got passive with the ball. So towards the end of the game, he didn't really finish strong, but he started off strong. And on at least on the boards anyway, I thought that's where he made his most impact. And then you had Phil Booth, didn't really do all that much for the first, what was it, 38 minutes, they said. He had like four points. And then after that, he was able to put up another 10. So happy that Phil Booth was able to come on strong late. Gillespie had a pretty good game, I'd say. Yeah, and then, like you said, defensively was good. And I think the reason why Creighton kind of slowed to such a crawl has to be, it has to be because of the absence of Tyshawn Alexander. Or at least it just definitely changed the game plan with his injury the day before the game. The injury to Tyshawn Alexander on Tuesday night in practice right before game day, that's rough. That's tough for Creighton. And when I heard the news right before tip-off, I thought, oh, wow. We definitely got this one in the bag. And then you had Marcus Zagorowski, one of their snipers, shooting over 46% from long range, averages in double figures. And then he is out too with a hand injury. And I thought, wow, Nova should really come into this one and just destroy them. But that isn't exactly what happened. And I think actually the reason why Creighton slowed it down, and I don't think it was because of Tasha and Alexander being gone, even though I'm sure, you know, the guy's a warrior in transition. You can't discount him on that. But I think it was because... The Blue Jays wanted to minimize mistakes. If you give Nova turnovers and just give them opportunities to score easy giveaways like that, that's going to kill you. That's going to kill you, especially a team like Creighton. You can't afford any turnovers. You can't afford any mistakes on the road at the Pavilion. It's not an easy place to play for road teams. I'll give it to Creighton. They did a fairly good job. But as you saw, whenever they turned it over, Nova was there to capitalize. Nova had 14 points off turnover, needed every single one of those in a close game like this. So I think Creighton's whole thing was to just kind of slow it down, take it easy, not force anything. Don't go for flash, go for substance. The Blue Jays' ability to minimize turnovers was especially key last night oh for sure you, you could tell that mcdermott just kind of threw away the playbook and just reinvented the uh the, the team game plan just for this game and yeah it was it did prove to be effective i kind of want to go hype on the defense a little bit more because i i gotta say towards the end of that game they they really did lock down you had that 
Phil Booth sequence on Mintz towards the end of the game where he locked him down. It was the one possession where Sadiq Bey ended up fouling on that three, which really wasn't a foul, let's be honest. And I thought he played a great defensive game, as he usually does. But I was like, man, even when Phil Booth isn't having the greatest offensive game and he's doing that on defense, like just proves that he's how great he is and how he's this team's MVP right now. And I was pretty impressed by that. And then also at the end, at the last possession regulation, you had Booth and Sadiq Bay playing a great defensive series to prevent the game winning shot from, I believe it was from Bishop or no, Joseph. I think it was Joseph actually who took it. He was able to brick it and then we were able to force overtime. And yeah, I got to say the, the defensive performance just from those two possessions alone was pretty impressive. And it, it was just great to see that them locked down after we were complaining for first half of the season if not more that this defense is going to be a problem and you know it might not be what it's been of teams past but it's certainly getting there and i gotta say i'm pretty impressed totally if you look at the last time that novan crane played down over there in omaha the blue jays torched the wildcats from long range they were able to just fire away alexander was a big part of it and he wasn't there last night unfortunately but even outside of him you had so many different guys making their threes and once Alexander went cold, the other players were there to pick him up. And they were still producing at a pretty good rate from long range. Last night against Sonova, this time around, the Wildcats put the clamps on them at the perimeter, holding them to just 5 of 17 from deep. So you can't complain there, especially when Creighton loves the three ball. They love the, th- they love the three ball probably just as much, if not more, than Nova does. Which is kind of weird to say, but it really is a big part of their game. It was even just as impressive that the fact that they were able to limit the three-point attempts, at least the made ones. And the ones that were made, it felt like they were just kind of prayers made by Mintz. It looked like he was just hitting everything. I mean, he only he went three of six from deep, but it felt a lot more than that. And he hit some key threes. There was that one towards the end of the second half that I that he hit, and I was like, uh-oh, I think Villanova's actually going to lose this one. But yeah, I think a lot of the limited three-point attempts had to do with the tempo, obviously. But the fact that they were only able to hit five of them just is a great testament to the defense but i do want to just touch on one negative and i don't know if you've been picking up on it lately but the free throw shooting been a little little off i mean the georgetown game they they missed a bunch in a row towards the end of the game there where you know it, the game was in possession like it was all right if they were missing because it really didn't matter but you were like all right maybe like for the next game you should probably make those and then in this game you had those two key one-on-ones that you missed back-to-back possessions not the best night from the free throw line like i know overall the team's been pretty good at that but in games like this you might not be able to luck out where you go 14 to 22 from the free throw line and win oh yeah and also if you just look at the box score and you run individual by individual it's not that bad like yeah you know you're never happy when you see a miss but you see guys go three of four five of seven one of two three of four that's not bad but then it all adds up and nova as a team went 14 of 22 63 percent from the charity stripe never a good look and especially not a good look for the people betting at home tough 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 way to lose because yes you had that bogus basket at the end which may or may not get contested who knows but now you also have the missed free throws you had eight missed free throws that could have totally literally make or break some people's wallets yeah you're leaving points on the table and that that basket at the end i don't know how they're counting that i i don't know if they're gonna go back and review it but I feel like they would have by now. I mean, the game's still listed at 66.59, so not exactly sure what's going on there. Even the announcers are like, how is that counting? That, that was pretty ridiculous. So, so shout out to everybody who had with, with the eight and a half cover. I feel sorry for you. Totally sketch, but what can you do? Hopefully Nova does contest it because that will impact our net rankings. So that's a, always a big deal. 
always want to make your resume not only as accurate as possible, but as nice as possible. And those two points, because margin of victory is calculated within the net rankings, very important, very important, those two points. Might not seem like much, and it might have seemed like a bogus basket, but not mm. only did it destroy some people's wallets or <laughs> break them, it also now impacts the net rankings, which is never fun. That's a good point. I didn't, I didn't even take that into consideration, so I guess that I guess they will probably look at it then. I mean, you gotta. It, it, would the seven or nine point margin actually affect? Yeah, I guess it would. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, two points. I don't know how much it would totally impact like your standing, but you got to get you got to get everything. You never know. It all adds up. It all adds up for March. I will say, though, I was really glad the ball does not lie because when Sadiq Bey got, quote unquote, called for that, quote unquote, foul. And then you had Caleb Joseph come to the line for a chance to not only tie, but take the lead if he makes two or makes three, all three free throws. We're talking about a completely different game. That was a pretty horrible call. It was pretty apparent that he leaned into it. Just with the way that the game was going, I thought that it was such a disappointing foul call. I would have hated if Nova lost on that. I don't exactly believe in blaming the refs, but it just would have been horrible if everything just hinged on that one moment. Fortunately, it wasn't a big deal because Nova got that win, 10-0 in conference play. We now have an extra game on second place Marquette, which will be very important because regardless of what happens on Saturday, obviously we'll be rooting for a win, but whatever happens, Nova will be in first place coming out of the weekend. Now, Marquette, they lost to St. John's. We both watched that game. Very exciting game on Tuesday. Shout out to St. John's for pulling off the upset. And now it may or may not make Marquette even more fired up for Saturday. Chris, this Marquette team, we know that there's Marcus Howard, who obviously is one of the darlings right now in the conference. Front runner, I guess you could say, for Biggie's Player of the Year. He seems to be the hot pick that everyone thinks of. Then you got the Hauser brothers, guys who can shoot the three ball very well. They're also very lengthy and lanky, so they can guard multiple positions. I think Sam Hauser is like 6'8 or 6'9, but he plays a guard. These guys can do lots of different things. They're actually improving as a team defensively. I guess when you don't have Andrew Rousey on the court, this is what happens. Your, your defensive rankings shoot way up to the top, towards the top. What are your expectations for Saturday? I'm, I'm curious as to see how you view them. I've shared or I've hinted at my feelings towards this team in previous episodes, but I'd like to know what you think. Yeah, I'm kind of on, on the same bandwagon as you were. If you kind of get them away from Pfizer form, I don't think they're going to be – I don't think they're as good as advertised when in that building. I think they're just a whole different animal in, inside Pfizer or and even at their old barn, they just play extremely well at home. They're a great home team. And it seems like every time Villanova goes out there, it's a tough game, regardless of how good or bad Marquette is. But I think they're a good team regardless. So this game scares the living crap out of me. I've been saying they Villanova's probably going to lose this since the start of the season. Wasn't expecting Marquette to be this good going in. I expected them to improve a lot just because, like you said, Andrew Rousey leaves, and that was addition by subtraction there. But I, between Marcus Howard having a career year with 24.6 points, the emergence of Joey Hauser as a freshman, you have Sam Hauser continuing to improve, and Marquette has some pretty good depth. You look elsewhere, you got Sakara Anum. He's averaging 7.7 points per game. He's a pretty streaky player, but he plays solid defense, and before you know it, he can actually like put up like 14 points. You, you have no idea. He's that type of player. And then Theo John, who was actually kind of a point of contention last year because there was the, at least there was that one play last year where he kind of hurt Jalen at some point during the game. And everyone's like, oh, Theo John's a dirty player. And that's how I kind of just viewed him. I th- kind of just 
viewed him as, oh, but let's put him in for five minutes, soak him some fouls, and then that's it. But he's developed into a nice player. He leads the conference in blocks with 2.2 and also averages six points a game. So he's a very good defender as well. So you should watch out for those two on top of the Hauser brothers and Howard three-headed monster. I'm terrified for this game. I don't know about you, but this is going to be a tough one. And yeah, Marquette did lose that trap game to St. John's, but this crowd's going to be fired up. They're going to be voracious. It's, it's going to be, this is, this is going to be a problem. Oh, I, I definitely respect Marcus Howard. I, I do like watching the Golden Eagles play. I think especially this year, they've been a lot of fun. I did. I definitely didn't expect top 10 coming into this year. And if you ever asked me if I would see Marquette actually ranked over Nova when they played each other this season, I would have not believed you. I would have not expected it. But this Marquette team, yes, you know, all eyes are on the Hauser brothers and Marcus Howard, obviously was a game-changing player but like you said i'm glad that you brought up the depth because they got a lot of different guys that can run out there this isn't like st john's who pretty much has a starting five and that's it this is a team that can go eight nine sometimes ten men deep they're gonna run a lot of bodies at you and when you have scores like the hauser brothers who have proven that when even when marcus howard is cold or even when marcus howard is injured they can step up sam hauser can step up joey hauser can step up and they can easily take over the scoring load while one of them is on the bench resting or just totally out of it theo john i've liked this game so far sakar anima has been pretty good joseph chartuni i don't know where he came from i didn't even recognize his name going into this season but he's been another solid guy off the bench brendan bailey can add some valuable minutes just a freshman after taking a two-year Mormon trip, but now he's in action. This is the game I've been looking forward to. I was kind of bummed that we had to wait till February. So yes, these Marquette kids are excited, but I'm just as fired up for this game. I'm glad to see that this is definitely a high-stakes game because both teams right now are just head and shoulders above the conference. There's no one close. And I know I said we split the series. I got to give it to St. John's for not only pulling off the upset at the Pfizer Forum and giving them their first home loss, but I think Nova is going to give them another home loss too. I'm changing my vote. I'm feeling a sweep now. I'm changing it to sweep. I'm not going. I'm not going split anymore, Chris. I've changed my mind. I think that this is a team that if Nova gave them the Xavier treatment last year, I would not be surprised. I just have a hard time picking Villanova going in here. This is I, I don't know. I just don't like the matchup at, on the road. That's all. I said this is going to be a split. Like, I think Mark, when Marquette comes to Villanova, I think Villanova will win. But I just, I don't know. I think the crowd's just going to just be a, a big factor. And I think the fact that Marquette's at home, the fact that they're going to be all hyped up, they're going to be looking for a redemption after that St. John's loss. And I know St. John's just went in there and beat them. But I, it's a whole different environment. And I think it is National Marquette Day. So that's even more of a reason to get all hyped up if you're a Marquette fan. And if you look at some of the t teams that they have beaten at home, they've beaten Buffalo, they've beaten Wisconsin. So some top-end teams have gone in there and haven't been able to escape. So it wouldn't shock me if Villanova goes in there and doesn't. But it also wouldn't shock me if they go in there and do win. So yes, I'm picking Villanova to lose, but... Obviously, hoping for the win, obviously. And this game, if Villanova wins this game, it's conceivable to say that the Big East title's pretty much not all wrapped. It's pretty much Villanova's to lose at that point because Villanova, at worst, would have, even if they do split, would have a three-game lead. So, And I don't know if Marquette's going to be able to make up three games by the end of the year. Yeah, it wouldn't be mathematically over, but if, you, if you're a guy who likes odds and statistics – the odds would very much be in Villanova's favor if they win on Saturday or even split the series, like you said. Oh, and by the way, Chartuni, Fordham guy. 
So get a little Fordham on Fordham action with uh, Pascal and Chartuni. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, I mean, he wasn't there when Eric was there, so they don't personally know each other. But it is a cool little storyline going in. I will say that the one thing that we need to stress, and I don't think it's been stressed enough, I don't know how much our listeners have been paying attention to the Big East as a whole or just kind of zooming in on different teams around the conference. I'm sure Marquette more so this year than other years is definitely on the hot list, like just as Xavier was last year or just as Seton Hall was last year, the teams uh, that would be great challengers to Nova. Unlike the last four or five years, this is an excellent defensive team. This team, they no longer take breaks or take naps on defense. Just across the board, they've been performing right up there. This is top 40, according to Ken Palm, in terms of defensive efficiency. They've been holding opponents to one of the worst Effective field goal shooting percentages in the country. Bottom 20, as a matter of fact. Opposing teams against them only shoot 32% from long range, which is not that good. They can also buckle down inside the arc. And I think that just might be just because of the different length that they have on this team. And just the number of guys that they can throw at you. I think this team is definitely a lot more physical than in years past. They're not afraid to get after it. And when you have a nice lineup where you have four or five guys Sorry, Marcus Howard. He's the only one who's not over six feet tall. But when you have four or five guys that are in your main rotation that can run six eight, six nine, even at the guard positions, that's not easy for a team to go against. No, not at all. And Phil is definitely going to have his hands full with Marcus Howard. I'm wondering, he's got to be guarding Howard, right? I mean, that's that's what I would think is going to happen, and that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. You got the defense. Booth against the offensive prowess of Howard. That is a matchup worth watching. If he can just limit them and kind of do what Villanova's been doing and just limit the top score, they can win this. Yeah, as good as Marcus Howard has been, St. John's has shown that he is just a mortal man. They locked him down to just eight points in the first meeting. In the second meeting, Howard had 17, and he did make four three-pointers. But overall for the game, he shot less than 30%, which is not cute or pretty at all. I think Phil Booth, I'm, I'm putting my money on him. I might just be going all in, and I might just be riding this buzz, and I might just be clouded by this historic start that Nova's on. But I'm just very confident in the way that Nova will do on Saturday. I think that the shooting woes will finally turn itself around. There's no way lightning strikes three times in a row. We've seen Nova make the shots that they've missed on just daily, weekly basis. We know it's in them, and hopefully they're going to actually knock them down in probably the biggest Big East game of the year. Hopefully the offense clicks back to normal and they're able to pull one out. Still going to be tough, though, especially going there. Yeah, like I said, it's good that we got the embarrassing performances out of the way because when it's the big stage on Saturday, oh, we can't do that. We can't disappoint. Can't let these people down. No, not at all. And this is, like you said, this is the premier game for the Big East. So hopefully it's a fun one. Hopefully you get some recognition out there. I mean, you look at a couple years ago, you had Villanova Xavier with the one versus five. And obviously this is top 15 matchup instead of a top five but this is still two high-powered offenses going at each other and i'm really looking forward to this one this 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 should be fun yeah with the way that the big east has been shaping out ever since nova st john's earlier in the year this might just be the last couple you know nova marquette home and away this might just be the last time that we'll see ranked big east teams going against each other for the rest of the regular season 
Yeah, it's got to be. Unless maybe like St. John's gets on a little run after this Marquette thing. Maybe they sneak back into the bottom 25, like and maybe 25, 24. But that, they're going to need to win a lot in a row there. And that's, yeah, I don't think that's happening. So, yeah, I have to agree with you. This is probably the last two chances. That isn't just limited to St. John's. You look at the other eight teams that are all separated by like one or two games in third place to 10th place. If any of them just somehow wins out, maybe. But what are the odds of that happening? It doesn't seem, with the way that things have been going, yeah. it doesn't look like that would happen at all. Mm-mm. And I only pick St. John's because they just came off the win against Marquette. So maybe the pollsters will be a little more privy to them. But yeah, it's going to be a tough for any biggest team to crack the polls again. So obviously the world will be tuning in for not only just the top 15 game, but that Marcus Howard, Phil Booth matchup duel is going to be so much fun to watch. It'll be a blast. Putting them aside, who are your X factors? Who are your key players to watch for, for Nova in this game? Um, you just you want me to just pick an X factor? You think, or do you want me to pick a guy who I expect to have a big game? Either or, either, either or. or, whether it's an area of the game or uh, an individual or individuals. Um, I'm gonna. Do- are we leaving Phil Booth and Eric Pascal off the list <laughs> like we usually do with this? Uh, Phil, Booth, Phil Booth is off the list just because everyone will be tuning in for the Howard Booth duel. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Eric Pascal. I think if he can go back to his three-point shooting ways, not that it's been bad, but it hasn't been up to par as it has been the past couple games. If you can go back to that, if you can continue the drive – and hopefully be able to exploit the fact that Marquette might not have a guy that matches up with them well. I know Theo John's going to be there to protect the rim. And I know Sakar Anam's going to be playing some good defense as well. And I don't know if the Hauser brothers are going to be guarding him. I'm not exactly sure who's going to be guarding him. But whoever's guarding him, I hope he makes the best of it and drives to the rim and is able to take on Theo John and isn't afraid. I understand Theo John leads the conference in blocks. And I understand he's a great defensive player. But I think this is the time for Eric Pascal to show that he is the big boy of the Big East and can do whatever he wants with the ball inside. And if he can start hitting some threes to maybe free up the the inside a bit and then start working down low, I think he'll be in for a good day. So I'm picking him to have a big game. I'm also picking him to be the contributing factor to a potential Nova win. I think individually, I'm going to go with Sadiq Bey. If you just look at his last couple of games, you know, Last night was one of his better performances on paper this whole season. But if you just go back to when he first came on against Morgan State and just kind of turned heads like, whoa, this guy can really be the impact freshman. And we were talking about how, you know, of all the freshmen so far, he's the one who's been doing the best. But I need him to play like a sophomore. I need him to play like a junior on Saturday. It seems like he's trending back up. He had that nice start to the year, kind of hit a wall, which – totally expected you know he's just a freshman there is definitely going to be some bumps in the road as you adjust and get acclimated to the rigors of college basketball and being able to do that for months grinding away week by week day by day but for the last five games he's hit double digits in scoring also grabbing close to around six or seven rebounds per game georgetown game he was scoreless didn't really have a great outing was nowhere to be found but if you look at the DePaul game He was very efficient. He was knocking down his threes. He was making a big impact on the boards. He played solid. Same thing with Creighton. He had 17 points, led the Wildcats in a game where offense was not easy to come by. 
when Phil Booth was shooting cold for 90% of the game. I need him to have another good game. I hope he does because it'll be all hands on deck. Phil Booth is going to need some assistance. Eric Pascal is going to need some assistance. Colin Gillespie is continuing to knock down his three-point game, but he'll definitely be on top of the scouting chart right now. So if Sadiq Bey can come in there as the quote-unquote fourth option and maybe be another top player or have another top player type game like he did against Creighton, that's going to be important. And my second X factor, and this will be zooming out the lens, not looking individually, it's going to be whether or not Villanova can force turnovers generate turnovers, and in doing so, create easy scoring opportunities. If there is one weakness in this Marquette offense, it's the fact that they don't really take care of the ball too well. They just don't. It's just the one flaw right now. They have their moments like against St. John's. They actually didn't turn the ball over too much. But they, overall, this whole season, they've been coughing the ball up almost 20% of their possessions. That's good for 206 in the nation. That's not pretty. That's not hot. That's not cute. And I think that that's an area of the game that Nova can really exploit, especially once they start pressing on them, dialing up the pressure on defense, and really taking it to them. I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope you're right. And oh, these are these are just X factors. I didn't yeah, say it's going to happen. I mean, these are these are the keys. I'd say the keys to victory. The keys to victory. Yeah, yeah. Those turnover numbers are pretty pretty bad. The Marquette's end. Didn't really realize that. Yeah, uh, look, I'm just terrified. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so scared of this game. I know why, because Marquette's good, and they're good at home, but they, I would you would think I have a little bit of confidence. Are you saying they lose on Saturday? I mean, I've kind of said it a couple times already, but yeah, I do. 78-71, I, 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 I got to score. No, I'm just been giving you chances, you know, just in case you want to change your mind. You no, know, I know. I, I, what I'm saying is, is, is good. <laughs> I'm waffling because you have convinced me during this discussion that Villanova actually has a pretty good chance. <laughs> I just don't want to go flip-flop. And then, like, that way I'm like, oh, yeah, well, see, I was right initially, and now then I was wrong. I don't know. I'm going to just stick with the pick because I said it earlier, praying for a Nova win, and I'm praying for Phil Booth to punk Marcus Howard on defense. That's fair. Not only will I be praying for a win just as a fan, I guess, but objectively speaking, I think Nova does pull this one off. I mean, I don't need to say it. I've said that this team is quote unquote a pretender in the top 10. St. John's exposed that. And I think Nova is going to double dip and expose them again. Nova is a bunch of road warriors. They need to get out of the pavilion. They just need to get away from Philly. They just need to readjust me. They just need to go back on the road. And, um, I think Nova does win this one. Will there be some fireworks? Yes. Will it be an aesthetically pleasing game? Please. Yes. And I think Nova will be pulling this one out. Now, like I said, Marquette can make me my words. It's very possible. You know, I might, after this weekend, have some newfound respect and admiration for the Golden Eagles. But I think that Nova will pull this one off. I am very confident in this one, just as I was confident with Xavier last year, in which, you know, there were a lot of people intimidated by the big, bad Musketeers. But the whole time, I knew that Nova had it in them. And when they just absolutely leveled Cinta Center and then absolutely leveled them at home, felt pretty good. And I'm hoping to have that same good feeling over the weekend. Your mouth to God's ears, my friend. So I totally had a brain fart and I forgot to send out a tweet yesterday asking for questions saying that the mailbag was open. And because of that, we didn't really get that many. And that was totally on me because usually... I've done a pretty good job. I don't think I've ever missed one. I think this is the first time that I've missed sending a tweet before we have an episode. And uh, no, we're not canceled. 
no, we weren't skipping today's episode. We do have an episode today. But as always, whether or not there's an official tweet, we are always accepting questions. Just tweet us anytime. It doesn't have to be just on when we're asking for questions like you guys have done a great job at doing. We just want to reaffirm and double down on the fact that the mailbag is open anytime, 24-7, 365 days, seven days a week. So go ahead, send us your questions. We'll talk about them on the show. We did get one question, and I'm going to get to that right now. This is from Sam Soul. He wants us. It was more of a request, actually. And he wants us, and I totally agree with him. We want you to go to infinitytimeout.com. And that's infinity spelled like the car. So an I at the end, not a Y. And scroll down to the bottom of the page, because it's in alphabetical order. And go click on Jay Wright. Vote for Jay Wright. Help him win this coaching competition against cancer. Trying to raise money. Trying to raise votes. And we hope that Jay Wright can win this. Now, voting ends in March. I believe that the official date when the ballots close is March 11th. So you got more than enough time to vote every day. Make sure you vote every day. Vote often. Tell your friends. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Hopefully, we can get Jay Wright another victory with the fans help. Help beat some cancer. Help beat out the other college coaches. And help Jay just do more good in the world. Get the word out there. And this is a yearly thing, right? I'm pretty sure it is. I think we pitched this last year, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This happens uh, every year. I don't know yeah. when it started, but it's it's a good thing. I like it. Yeah. No, I I do too. It's it's for a great cause, and just even just if you vote and he doesn't win, who cares. You got the word out, and it's all that matters. I just voted right now. It took like two seconds. So go ahead, infinitytimeout.com. Once again, it's infinity like the car, so it's got the I at the end, not a Y. Infinitytimeout.com. Scroll to the bottom. Click on J Wright. Press vote. And then, boom, you got it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Google Play. You have so many options and platforms. Everyone's getting some love there. So please subscribe and please rate us five stars. Five stars, five star, five star, five star, five star, five star. It helps us get the word out. I was looking the other day, actually, and for the first time this whole year, and I... I didn't realize that last year I was looking at the stats and last year we hit like 74 different countries. That That's pretty cool. Right now we've hit, I believe it was around 40 or 50. So, you know, we're trying to just get the word out there to as many nationers as we can in our United States borders or outside of it across the world in many different continents, many different countries. We're just hoping to keep people entertained, keep them informed and just keep the Nova nation going. And also, please check back at viewhoops.com. We're just pumping out content every single day. Come join the party. Come chat. It's always a good time. Great community in the comments section. And you can follow VU Hoops on Twitter or on Instagram at VU Hoops. That's good for both. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at Irapay5. And I'm still off the grid. So follow the pod. Follow Eugene. Follow VU Hoops. Nova Nation, it's time for me to get some coffee. But I hope that you all have a great Thursday, a great weekend. Let's go, Cats. Let's beat the Golden Eagles. Let's go 11-0 going into Monday. And hopefully, we're going to have so much good news to talk about. 